this episode is going to be a bit different. This is our 150th episode. We're doing things a little differently. We have Felix Fung, producer extraordinaire, myself, and another special guest we have on the show, Gene Fraze, co-founder of Pacific Sound Radio. It's good to be back. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that's a real treat. Like, uh, so uh, seven years ago. Yes. That's pretty fucking amazing. I know. So how did the, how do you two know each other? I, th- I think, well, I mean, it, it started with, with a band, right? Um, we had been uh, both, I would say, uh, I don't know, introduced through, uh, through, through a pair of fine, fine folks um, who had started a band called Opposite Shore at the time. And uh, we had kind of just met through that, if I'm not mistaken, through rehearsals and, and starting uh, to make music together. Um, and from there, I think we kind of just... Yeah, got to know each other and and kind of our our passions for music kind of blossomed kind of thing, uh, and, and it turned into uh, us kind of finding ourselves after the kind of end of that band, uh, wanting to do something other than say just another another local group to make music, uh, and we wanted to kind of do something a little more impactful, if if I'm not mistaken, and um, something that could allow us to expand our network and, and meet new people and meet people in the industry. Uh, and so that's kind of how this idea spun. I, I don't even remember how exactly we came up with it other than just a general brainstorm, right? Well, I'll, I'll fill in some gaps here because we were this band, We were in this band for about uh, a whole year before it ended. And we were on the same wavelength in terms of, I guess, trying to push and promote the band in, in different ways that didn't exactly we weren't on the same page with uh, everything when it came to the the rest of the band but we found that we agreed a lot uh on just on in terms of how we approach things and i think it was literally the same night that the band uh ended the the main guy <laughs> broke up the band we actually we, we went to because it was like it was supposed to be a practice and then it ended super early because he's just like oh, i'm just breaking up the band i think i'd even tuned up that's mm-hmm, how, mm-hmm. how detailed my memory is but uh, we were like all right well Hey, Gene, you want to go to White Spot? So at White Spot, of all places, going to get yeah. a sponsorship. Yeah, which White um, Spot was this? Uh, oh, this was the White Spot on S- Scott Road. We were both living in Surrey at the time. Something oh, wow. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So at that Scott Wo- Road White Spot, we had that discussion. Where we were like, hey, we like working together, um, but let's do something different than uh, music. And I had very recently, like within the last year or so, had really gotten into podcasts I'm slightly ashamed to admit, just because people really don't like him, and he's a polarizing figure these days. That uh, the Joe Rogan experience is my uh-huh. source of inspiration. A very successful podcast. A very successful podcast. One like uh, probably the most mm-hmm. successful one, and also the fact that like what he was doing just looked really cool to me. Just like sitting down talking to cool people mm-hmm. in a long form format, and we both realized very quick that like okay, well, what's the what's a uh, subject that we both really care and are passionate about. Well, how about local music? I think in part because we had seen and played shows with other local bands and started going to local shows and saw like there's tons of great people here. Why the hell is, you know, why are the only Canadian bands you hear about from Toronto or Montreal? Yeah, I've often, you know, wondered that about Vancouver too, how, um, you know, of the main, you know, of the places I've been, it always seemed like they were so into celebrating themselves you know each other 
and and it, it just seemed uh, for some reason that uh, you know it's very hard to get that together in, in Vancouver in some way, and I, I think it's happening much more now than I've ever you know experienced it possibly. Yeah, and, and do you know what I mean? Like I, I'm not yeah. putting anybody down for it, but it, it just seemed like we why can't we work up a like a bigger thing for the local bands here? Absolutely, I, I think that uh, that that was that was part of it too. Is I think there's a lot of people, at least from from my perspective, uh, that many of the bands at the time when we had kind of first got the idea together and and through our own experiences, uh, we had been more or less uh, finding that everybody ended up. Uh, basically kind of going about it themselves. You know, a lot of them, a lot of the local bands and, and friends were booking their own shows, doing their own thing, doing their own tours. They all had their own separate plans. And I think when it came to kind of crafting this this podcast and, and uh, radio show and, and everything like that, uh, it, you know, that sense of, you know, bringing people together, I, th- I think was, was an important factor and, and kind of creating that community and that network so that different guests and ourselves could, could also, of course, benefit from meeting interesting people and interesting, uh, uh, artists and, and producers and all sorts of different people in the industry and, you know, be able to, to network and, and connect people with, with other people, you know, as yeah, well. you know, I, I, what I experienced, uh, you know, the one time I got interviewed, which was with uh, Sunday morning was while I was waiting, you know, I was hanging out with, uh, another band that was ready to go on like a band that we, you know, we knew each other, but there was That's never War any Baby, chance. Maybe. Yeah. That was War yeah, Baby. Yeah. War Baby, rest in you peace. know, and yeah, rest in peace. And, uh, it was just like, you know, it made me feel definitely as part of like some sort of community just to be like oh yeah we know each other that way we're not really friends but we recognize that we're bands in this city and um you know proud to know each other and so i thought that oh this is you know for for any band there's not really much opportunities to talk about yourself right and this was a great opportunity to talk about yourself and then also a bit of pressure like oh what what am I going to say about myself? But it forces you to think, you know, on how and and to actually practice for, you know, or you know, to do any sort of press or any media. You know, it was it was just fun to have that opportunity. Absolutely, I, I think also just the um, for, from like an artist perspective, or or even somebody who's just working on, you know, whether or not they're they're in some sort of creative field. Uh, you have an opportunity to, you know, tell your story, get your, you know, get your uh, yourself out there. And I don't know, these days, so much of what creatives in general, I think, need to do is create content. Whether oh, that's... I was just going to say, you know, like, well, what am I going to talk about? You know, nothing happened. You know, like in a band, there's a lot of moments where it's just sort of like, oh, yeah, rehearsal again. You know, yeah. or something like that. And but to have a oh yeah, we can post this radio show. You can point people at it, or mm-hmm. you know. yeah, you can get to you know you get to know the background and the story of, of the artists and and uh, all sorts of other um, you know their their journey more or less. And from there too, I, I think it, it really helps when you have somebody kind of in your corner that's that's not only local to to where you live um and and supporting the the general scene um 
but I think it's it's really I don't know it's nice to have that that extra kind of resource I would have to say uh, to be able to you know voice your your stories and and your songs and and I think that's that's mainly the reason at least uh, in at least in my eyes why I felt you know what we were doing especially when we did start getting set up at Save on Radio. Um, where it really became kind of a, a weekly kind of community thing. Yeah, so that that was you know one of my questions was that that was one of the coolest things was just having that radio uh, booth that was visible from the street. You know, at Save on Meets, um, it seems kind of like a fifties type of thing almost. It, it feels really old timey. But how did how did that come about? Like, yeah, you got that space. What, what, I want to say it was you actually got connected with Mark Brand about that. Is that correct? I I honestly, I can't remember if it was uh, um, who it was, but I think we had either yourself or Travis. I think Travis we brought on afterwards, but I thought you had met somebody there, if I'm not mistaken. Like one of the, it wasn't Mark Brand, but it was somebody else. And, and anyways, so, some way or another, we got pushed onto this, or I should say, pulled into this um, group. You sound negative when you say push or pull. Yeah. on. I've never yeah. heard uh, anybody say that. This opportunity forced down our throats. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which which was really nice, honestly. Uh, it was very gentle. Uh, <laughs> it was a very cool thing Vancouver had. Yeah, it was. It was right? a great like idea. It's, very, it's pretty. I just thought the whole idea of it was really awesome. Absolutely, and and so in in one form or another, we ended up getting. Uh, getting into this group with a number of other creatives who were talking about all sorts of different stuff on this, this basically this free community radio station that they were putting in save on meets at the time. And uh, yeah, Mark brand was, was kind of leading the charge on that. And uh, it was, it was excellent because you had on one side the the diner, uh, which is kind of 50 style. You can get any sort of, you know, burger or, or shake or, or drink or whatever uh you know they'd host m- a ton of events as well um it was always filled with musicians always filled you know, with all Jody sorts Glenham of people was the, like played there often and uh, jason yeah. corbett managed that place oh i didn't know he managed that place yeah, at yeah. one point no way yeah 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 super 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 like i don't, I don't know historic and and just a a really neat venue to then you know have people come in, grab a drink, grab some food, and 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 talk about themselves. Yeah, it it was also one of those places where, um, and you know, being a musician, it it felt really good to go to a place where it, other musicians were recognizing you, or you know, or talking or interfacing. You know, you need a place to be a musician, or you know, it was like a not like CBGBs, but it was like definitely a place where we could all like hang and meet. And uh, knowing that the manager and the place was really open to all that stuff and having the radio thing up front and there was performances there and it was actually a really cool thing. I haven't actually been down there in a while. Like, Well, I, I don't think the restaurant's opening again or no. even, yeah, it's a, a vi- <clears throat> permanent victim of COVID. Yeah. So uh, there was like, uh, you started this thing in what year? Two. 2017. 2017. Yeah. Well, it took us a little out of, uh, yeah, um, in terms of the timeline. So uh, the band, Opposite Shore, at least our time with the with the group, ended in uh, late 2016, early 20, 2017. 
there's kind of like a, a gap period. I think I briefly joined another band in that time, maybe. I can't recall. Uh, and then uh, Jaden and I kind of got the ball rolling in terms of like the setup. And then for a little bit, we were borrowing studio space at, and I can't remember his name, but you'll probably remember at a uh, fellow who has a uh, studio space or had a studio space out in New West. But it was only like rarely that we were able to to use it so that was kind of our output was a little slow because of it so really i'll say that when we got connected with mark brand and with save on radio at, at save on meets that really helped like make the show it made it like a regular thing in terms of our output because at a certain point well, we got were, real yeah it got real yeah we were putting out uh an episode a week and we had like wow. a two-hour slot where we had two guests so we were putting out like God, like ten. It, it was 10, a very fifteen episodes a week. Uh, Height experience, meaning yeah. like it was like okay, you know, we got to keep this going, mm-hmm. and it was it was hectic, actually. I mean, not I didn't feel like it was like out of control, but it felt like okay, we got to go. This is live radio. Yeah, you Which know, was and that a was really so exciting as yeah. well because it's like it was a live radio show when we were taping it, but then we just edit it and release it as a podcast as well, just so it's available for posterity. So yeah. that all happened very quickly from like the band ending you two deciding to do this thing and then ending up in um yeah in in uh you know save on meats yeah yeah it was it was it wow. was a relatively quick turnaround it it was kind of nice because i think the that must the, have kept kept the drive going like for absolutely. that absolutely to... i i think so yeah I, I honestly it was the the mix of just being able to get our feet wet a little bit in terms of structure and how we wanted to do the podcast and then having this opportunity to jump on this platform that you know didn't require uh, any in, in like it didn't require too much investment you know other than time uh, and and transportation and you know I, I think that uh, it really allowed us to to kind of get our legs underneath of, of us a bit and and begin to yeah build a proper structure a weekly kind of schedule a i don't know even even our general like days on uh on sundays it was it was more or less you know meet uh for kind of a, a pre-show kind of meeting and chats you know go over a few things make sure that you know we had everything from the music to uh to enough interview questions, making sure guests were confirmed, everything from uh, all, all of that kind of preparation you do. It, it was kind of a nice community. It kind was a of very meeting. pro f- pro experience. And, yeah, and then I'll, I'll you know, and the then you think about beers. it. Yeah, yeah, you think about it deeper, and it's like it's just two dudes. Well, yeah, and you know, and, but it. I mean, not to mention, uh, I think Travis was a tremendous help as well. Absolutely, uh, Shout out to just Travis, being able to uh, just being able to to have that extra support. I mean, I know for me, it was, you know, I, I feel like I probably would have burnt out pretty quickly mm-hmm. had I been doing the uh, the broadcast and and booking and stuff. And I think with any good podcast i think you do really need like like a team where you know you have Absolutely. somebody able to, to and people to book and take yeah. care of admin and you're, stuff you're like, telling me yeah. yeah not to mention well, editing. i know that's one of james's yeah. uh talents and yeah, absolutely it, it's a lot of work and as as you know <laughs> and yeah, and um yeah, uh honestly though it it was it was such a blast to to be able to to do that and to, to just more or less just hang out with with like-minded people and 
uh, be able to just ask people questions about the, themselves and, and learn about them and afterwards honestly be able to hang out and get to know them even better and create those those connections. I don't think I've I've felt as connected ever when I've played in bands with the community as I did when I was when uh you know when I was working with Pacific Sound Radio and and uh you know meeting people and and being able to you know have a beer with them or or have a have a drink with them and and you know get to know them a little bit before the show send them off to James and Travis in the booth uh get to hear their 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 story and 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 learn you know some more about them and then have them come out again and and hang out and either if they were playing that night uh for for our uh snug concert series get to hear more of their music uh or just have them hang out and and you know continue that that relationship right so in and amongst all this you was a persephone brewing yeah and uh, the snug concert series and you had some pretty like great bands on there's uh, i guess like sleepy gonzalez mm-hmm. and uh and there's some actually some you know I, I don't hesitate to use the word weird but it was like you know, it was pretty all-encompassing. I mean, you, you know, through the radio show, and I'm guessing through this series of concerts as well, it would be just very broad. Like, so what, who are some of the other people that play? Oh, what, it, what was this Persephone uh, brewing? What was your involvement with oh, this? Oh, yeah, so some more, some more background. So this ca- actually ties into the birth of Save On Radio in terms of the physical space in Save On Meat. So what the Save On Radio booth used to be was a uh, eatery where I think it was like kind of like a window where people could get sandwiches or whatever, and then they converted that into a radio booth. But what they also did in the space is because Save on Meats used to be shared with a uh, deli butcher shop, and they converted that butcher shop into a uh, Persephone brewing tasting room. So they had like snacks and like tons of great beer on, on tap. And then Mark Brand tapped us to go, hey, do you guys want to host like a, a live music thing every sunday in persephone because i think he wanted to get more traffic in there but it worked out for us um in that uh i can't recall the name of the the, the main guy there but he was fantastic it was this fellow from yeah England. captain hank uh henry? henry yeah, yeah henry. henry yeah henry was a was awesome he was yeah. so great to work with just putting up with all our nonsense like trying to set up the audio gear and wrangling the bands and all that stuff and we ran that for I want to say like eight or nine months. And what was great was that allowed us to, and really currently it's still the bulk of our video content on YouTube. We had, the team had really expanded at this point. We brought on Travis as our, uh, as my co-host, uh, his uh, girlfriend, now wife, Jenny was also involved in helping out with the, with the show. We uh, made connections with uh, Lonica Miller, who helped out with the live sound for these events, and we also connected with uh, photographer, videographer Rodney May Baker, who helped do the photos and shoot all those uh, all those installments, which was awesome. Some highlights in terms of uh, artists you'd mentioned, Sleepy Gonzalez, they were great. Uh, I believe that video is still featured on their website, which is a nice little you know nice little bonus. But I know uh, Blue Jay was on there. I really liked that performance. Uh, Jody Glenham played uh Haley Blaze played as well and Haley's like really blown up since like she's regularly touring with like Babe Corner and she's got another solo album coming out in a couple months here so that's the other cool thing is just like having that opportunity to bring bands on that wound up doing you know going on to do better and greater things mm-hmm. yeah yeah I feel like well, that's like a pretty huge 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah like uh, yeah. I'm just trying to think about it right now, and just like you know, as much as we love bands, dealing with bands. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, it's get, a lot. Yeah, 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 it's a lot. You know, there's a lot of personality there as Zoo well. Keeper. Yeah, herding cats, <laughs> however you want to describe it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that sorry. So that's amazing. So now it's like uh, you you moved in there and you crept over to the other side. So yeah, we we expanded, and I and I honestly I don't think it could have worked without having just the the uh, the support of, of like Travis and Jenny and Lonica and and Ronnie and. Uh, just to be able to have that extra person to be able to talk to the bands, keep them busy, help with setup, um, you know, send a quick email here or there. I think that was that was really important to to our our success in in putting those shows together, because the 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 real challenge was um, as as we quickly I think discovered when we started trying to do our our first couple of shows and bringing in bigger and bigger acts. One that room is not cut out for 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 <laughs> no large. Larger you're, than you're, four. You're, you're, it's a lineup. That. Yeah. It's where you can't face each other. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like a deli counter. Well, exactly. That's exactly what it exactly. was. Exactly. And, and, you know, maybe what, 20 people can fit into that little, uh, that area. Hence why it was called the Persephone Snug. Uh, you know, really small, intimate space, which is really cool to catch like. It was a great space. Yeah. To oh, catch yeah, artists yeah, like, really um, yeah. you know, even um, like Zach. Uh, Klesinger, if I yeah. if I yeah. got his name I right, think he's still active too. Well, yeah, like even him, just catching his his solo stuff, um, or somebody like Matt Hoyles, who's more of a rock and roll guy, um, you know catching them kind of performing to such an intimate audience. Uh, not to mention, like, yeah, full bands uh, as well. You know, catching them in that intimate audience kind of capacity, what I think was really special. Um, even when things did go wrong, like the power went out because you know too many amps were plugged in, or, or the too many microphones life, were man. plugged you know, like in. The, yeah, yeah, you know all this crazy shit happening. Around yeah, you. and it didn't really, didn't really, you know, work as well as as we thought I, it I would. I can't have. remember what band it was, but I think we got the video footage, but the audio file was corrupted. Yeah, like there, there were so many little things like that, which. I think, you know, made it a real, uh, I, I think it made it authentic for one because so much could go wrong it in was such a small space. Honest. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, it, it was definitely stressful. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I think what we had kind of accomplished as, as kind of a, a, a kind of content brewing machine for the, you know, the amount of people involved, uh, you know, the small team involved and uh, for what we were able to do. I, I think it was really special in terms of, of you know, capturing the, those moments and, and those experiences too. I mean, it's not every day you get to go into, uh, you know, a small intimate venue and catch, you know, a, a growing act that is now, you know, two, three plus tours down releasing, you know, uh, a big new album or, you know, is, is blowing up on, on some form of, of social media or another. Uh, and so just to be a part of that journey, uh, whether it was through the snug or, or through our, uh, through our radio show and podcast at the time, I, th I think it, it is like you said, James, like quite, quite a, quite nice to see a lot of these artists go and, uh, kind of climb that, that those steps or, or that ladder to bigger and, and greater things and to see them succeed. For it, sure. It's always an exciting watch and story. And Absolutely. it's really cool when, when it does happen to people around yeah. you and you can, you can see 
you know, what all went into it or part of it, you know, so through this story, like, you know, what I hear is like the two of you almost have a trajectory of a band as well, you know, like you, you met, met, had an idea for this creative thing and you did it and then you just like slowly moving up. And, you know, what I also see is less like that the, this one idea that the two of you had and the energy that you brought to it became sort of like a flashpoint for all those names you mentioned who also want to do things, but then they can just kind of like, you know, add to your, your desire and your willingness for that, uh, you know, for music, but you know, it affects the the brewing company and uh, you know, save on meats and you know, you guys were some sort of flashpoint for for something in town, right? It was yeah. it made the scene so much more exciting. Oh, I'm playing a show. Oh, cool, cool. And then it's like next week, it's like yeah, I'm doing an interview on Pacific Sound Radio. Yeah, I, I like I, that. That's a, that's really awesome to be able to say. Totally, I I, I think that uh, a lot of that came too from, like once again, our our own past experiences of, you know, it, it's one thing to write songs and and play the odd show or go to the you know go to an open mic and stuff, and I think all that stuff is 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 really important, uh, but then. At the same time, too, you also need that opportunity or that resource to be able to be able to get your your content out on mm-hmm. on more platforms and to have different forms of it. You know, uh, someone who's only posting, you know, uh, live, uh, you know, only posting, say, music on on SoundCloud, and although they they may blow up with that, and that's fine. Um, and, and that's great. Uh, you know, you, a lot of the times need multiple platforms for people to, to hear what you're, uh, what you're about. That's absolutely true. I remember I had a friend who played like, um, with her band, uh, years ago on breakfast television. And, uh, you know, she was actually, she, it caused her a lot, a little bit of problems because her friends were laughing at her for it or something like oh, that. Oh, jeez. And uh, this is before Insta, you know, Instagram became mm-hmm. so huge. And I just remember she told me this one thing that like totally blew my mind. She's like, yeah, like at home I'm on breakfast television, but to the rest of the world, I'm just on TV. Right. right? You know, and it, it's like, yeah, like you guys are saying, you know, like these snippets on radio or being a point to that, that's like something that people can take and, you know, show others, you know, yeah. when, yeah. Yeah. Diversifying the content. Right. And, uh, that, I think that would, that was another thing that just, yeah, like I said, from, from our collective experience of having struggled of, you know, we'd rehearse when we were playing in a band, uh, and then we would book a show, but then, you know, there wasn't a lot more than that other than maybe thinking about recording or, or finally going about recording. Uh, but you know, there, there wasn't that extra step that we wanted to kind of, that, that was there for us to take. Mm-hmm. And, and so just from, from that as well, and being able to provide that platform like Save on Radio kind of uh, was able to elevate our own uh, brand and, and show and everything. I think providing that for, for artists and, and creatives in general um, what was really great in, the, in just that sense of, of being able to have something else that was local and, and uh, that, that would kind of push their, their content and, and push what they're about. And so, 
Yeah, uh, honestly, it, w- it was a really cool, I think, experience just to uh, really capture that. And it, w- it was an exciting time, I think, for us, too, because, I don't know, it, it was it was new. It, it felt like we were kind of part of something bigger. Uh, you know, people were, were talking to us as well that we wouldn't necessarily, I don't think, have connected with if we weren't. Uh, if we were just part of a, a another yeah. local band kind of thing, and so being able to make those connections on behalf of people was was a, was a real nice uh, nice opportunity in itself. So yeah, I had a, you know this. I was wondering, and he was like, "How did you promote yourselves at the beginning? Like, how do you did you just like cold email bands, and like how how did you get yourselves out there? I mean, I." You, being in bands, you knew other bands, and I'm I'm pretty sure those were the people that you first interviewed. Or well, yeah, because the the first ever guest we had was uh, this band called uh, Wind Up Birds, um, featuring uh, Atlee King, who's gone on to be involved in a, a few different bands. I actually uh, crossed paths with one of his uh, his most recent group when I was recently on on tour. So he's still active, which is awesome. But they were literally a band that we had played a couple shows with. Yeah, so yeah. Like, oh, they're cool. Well, we have them on the show. Yeah, that, that's definitely how it started. It was just like, yeah, friends of bands and, and, and yeah, friends in bands and stuff. And I think that once we got that, that Save on Radio platform, it, it felt a little more official. Uh, and so I think with that, our confidence grew in terms of reaching out to uh people that we had maybe just interviewed in the past like james the i mean the 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 whole thing uh hinged on him <laughs> you know having that experience as as a journalist and and um you know being able to to ask questions and and uh um being able to to run in those those interviews mm-hmm. and, too and and honestly, that that was a big part of it. And I think through some of your own previous work, we were able to get some of those bigger bands that you had interviewed in the past, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, so that's something I didn't know about you. I think you'd maybe mentioned it a couple of times when we we're hanging out in the studio, but you have you, you went to school for journalism. Uh, well, uh, not technically. I have a BA from UBC in History and English Lit, but when I was at UBC, I wrote for Discorder. Okay, uh, and that was primarily album and and, uh, and live music reviews. Though I did do some interview work, where I really kind of up up to my game was when I uh, wrote for Beatroot, and I wrote for Beatroot for a, a number right. of years, uh, well before they got sold. And I think Glenn has his new uh, magazine called Range, which I'd love to get back involved in. But that's well, Beatroot was another. Sorry to interrupt. Was another one of those things, much you know, much like your radio show, and that was totally you know adding to the excitement of the scene. Yeah. I, I love those monthly meeting, meetings. I miss those monthly beat root meetings because they were oh, so no, I've fun. Heard of, I've heard about the, yeah. the monthly beat root meetings. It's free beer yeah. every meeting, so that's yeah, always yeah, a yeah. perk. I, I think I joined you at one, or maybe I met you after one or something like yeah. that for some, some hangout. Yeah, it, and it was everyone, cool vibe. anyone was allowed to write for them, right? Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. It was completely volunteer, so. Yeah. But through that, I had the opportunity to interview, like, you know, the international touring acts they love. Like I had a chance to, and these were all like major feature articles I did. I, I interviewed Spoon. I interviewed Thundercat, talked oh, to wow. Alabama Shakes. I uh, got to speak to Dillinger Escape Plan, um, Protest the Hero. That's just really cool. a couple off the top of my head. But, you know, it builds your confidence when you have, oh, Trailer Park Boys as well. Uh-huh. That was hilarious. Mm-hmm. So that builds your confidence as well because you get like, okay, if I can talk to, you know, someone who I like, 
really idolize and really look up to, then I can easily talk to someone who's a fellow local musician. What I found is like in my limited experience of like, uh, you know, being interviewed and, you know, for whatever while I was on tour or, or here that um, it was really hard to do a good interview if the other person didn't know how to ask questions. I mean, I might be betraying myself right now, but it's like, it, you know, you're very easy to talk to. And I, and I guess all this experience is like, you know, is a big part of why. So this takes a, so Save On Meets and COVID. Yeah. Who? Yeah, who, right? So um, everything came to a halt right there. Like it just all of a sudden, everything was just canceled for you guys, obviously. You know, the restaurants closed. Uh, what was that? Yeah, I, I think uh, honestly. Like, or what was going on at that moment? I, I think it was, uh, well, it was a combination of things. I, I think we had, uh, so for one, a little bit uh, prior, I, it, w- it was almost like uh, the, the the restaurant had kind of probably known preemptively, uh, not to sound conspiratorial here, uh, had known kind of preemptively things were shutting down because they, they had, uh, had uh, shut the snug down, I think, originally a little bit prior to COVID. Mm. Uh, I want to say it was like in the fall of 2018. Yeah, that was part of the reason why the, or why the Snug... Um, sorry, Jane. Yeah, I was going to say that's part of the reason why the Snug video series ended because they were closing the space. So it's like, okay, well, no space, no... no yeah, no shows yeah, and, yeah. and no place to, to host people. And so, I yeah, I can't remember the exact timing of it, but it was somewhere like around the fall just before, you know, kind of everything started ramping up with COVID. Uh, and at that time, too, I was definitely feeling a lot of burnout just from uh, uh, from just a number of things at that time of, of, of work and stuff. And, and so I, it was kind of around then where I felt it was important for me to step away because I just I wasn't contributing as much as I wanted to and to kind of the level that I mm-hmm. wanted to either. And so, uh, and so with that, I think that's where things really pulled back and, and James, you, you know, you were, you were able to take the reins there and, and, uh, take things from there. And, and then unfortunately, yeah, with the, the snug and COVID, uh, yeah, unfortunately save on meats had to shut down as well. And I'm not sure if they still do. And, and maybe you can, you can find this out, uh, is, is if they still do events as well. Like I, I, for a little while, I thought they were doing private events there I have uh, or charity, uh, charity type things, but I don't know if they still are. Yeah. I would be out of the, the loop on that. Like, um, so, you know, uh, you, you decide to leave, uh, for the reasons you mentioned and now you're by yourself. Well, Travis was still with me. Travis was still Travis with you. Still of course. With Sorry, Travis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I had, um, uh, and, and I will say Jane as well. Jane wasn't the first to go. Uh, Lonica had decided to move to Toronto, I think a couple months beforehand. And, uh, Ronnie had moved on to other, other projects. So, you know, the team was changing and I was able to, because Jane was really helping out, uh, not only with the booking, but also producing the podcast episodes. I brought on uh, a good friend, Mark Lingelbach from the uh, uh, Lamb's Breath. This band's now called is now called Arlene Cater. Had him yeah, brought him band. on, brought him on as the producer. So that you know, it still had at least a three three person team there. But we you know we're certainly pared down. We weren't doing the live show anymore, but we were keeping the the podcast going up until you know 
the restaurant shut down and i think it was even even before the official quarantine orders went into place they had shut everything down out of consideration for the vulnerable people in the neighborhood for me you know like a lot of people uh quarantine and all the psychological impact that that had hit me really hard but i you know kind of felt listless for about like two weeks or so but mm-hmm. then i reached out to mark and it was just like hey we can still do video call interviews do you want to keep this going yeah like, like everyone's sure. just sort of like yeah. at that time was just in limbo like no like you know and yeah uh, there's so much uncertainty right yeah yeah yeah. i remember uh i had friends um you know i was very lucky i i live in a house and the people who live below me in the suite below me are really good friends so we basically you know had two floors to ourselves but they worked at long and mcquade and they said that the day before the lockdown they sold something like seventy thousand dollars worth of like uh, podcast equipment. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there someone, we go. someone yeah, yeah, like there everybody's was... just like, okay, I'm going to do my yoga thing or, you know, whatever it is. So I think there's uh, some pretty cheap Zoom recorders out there, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Like the baby we're recording on right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. used from Long McQuaid. Yeah, there exactly. So that was probably a, a pandemic. I'm going to finally do it moment. And, uh, but so two weeks in, you're just like, screw this. I'm bored. I'm bored. And I'm depressed. And I'm depressed <laughs> and I miss hanging out and everything. So you messaged Mark. Yep. And uh, he agreed. Yeah. And what was nice was Mark was living very close to where I'm still living at the time. Uh, and what uh, I'd reached out to Travis as well. And he decided he didn't want to keep going with the show, which is fine. But I, I had Mark. And what we did was we kind of set this up as a... I, and I was probably a, being a little bit too aggressive about it because I think I was trying to keep like the weekly thing going, which I've slowed down since for logistical reasons. Um, but it was it was nice having some sort of routine where I'd walk over to his place, we'd record an episode, we'd hang out for for a time afterwards, then I'd you know stumble home, <laughs> yeah, yeah, whenever I felt like it. So I had that I had that refuge, and I had and and it was a great opportunity to, um, I'll admit. For some groups, it made it a little easier to contact them. Uh, one group <laughs> that I remember we we interviewed during the podcast, who I didn't even know until we got on the call that they moved to Calgary, was the Psychic Alliance. But that oh was yeah, sweet one because, of my favorite bands. Yeah, I love amazing. that band. Yeah. I wish they hadn't relocated because the one time I saw them was fantastic. I I've seen them. Uh, just a little side note about the Psychic Alliance. It's like one of the great Vancouver bands in my mind, and. Uh, they found it hard to get a foothold here. And I think that it's because... Uh, too uh, cool. They're too cool. <laughs> and uh, I, But I, it was one of their ba- their house parties in the basement to really see them oh, find nice. form. Like, still one of the best, most talented bands I've ever seen in Vancouver. Yeah, and it was great to have a chance to connect with uh, the main guy whose name's escaping me at the moment because I've talked to a lot of people on the show. But but uh, Sean, Sean, yeah, yeah, he was he was awesome. That was one of my favorite interviews that we did. I will say though, um, you know, it's going over the course of the pandemic and moving moving out of it, and Mark literally moving to to uh, a couple different spaces actually in the in the years of the pandemic. Excuse me. Um, I realized very, I realized after time because it was like, all right, I'll put up with video calls because of necessity. But like ever since I've been like, no, 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 doing it in person. I don't like video calls anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, you sustained this, uh, all through the, the pandemic, Absolutely. like every two, 
every two weeks you'd have an episode that came out yeah that's uh, there's been very few lulls in the output of the show um i will say again like it's it's my, my output's not as crazy as it was when it came to um when we were in uh save on radio with like you know recording every week and having two guests on the show i'm doing putting out two episodes uh, a month which is still bi-weekly which is still pretty good um but yeah it's been very consistent yeah, that's that blows my mind because like I think the Beatles were only together for like six years or so, like seven years, and like 150 shows, and uh, you know all the friends and you know one of the founders is is back for this special occasion today, which I'm so happy uh, about. Oh, yeah, that well, makes so me happy, happy too. I'm honored to be here. I'm uh, yeah, no, it, it's been a it, it's been a hot minute, and I I think it's it's just been. Uh, just a whirlwind uh, of uh, in terms of just the past few years of the world shutting down and um, just all sorts of stuff and, and kind of getting back into a, a new routine in, in a mm-hmm. way like, you know, it's, it's, it's very much, I don't know. I, I feel like things are a lot different than they were maybe back in, in 2017, 2018 and stuff. And, uh, very much just so. trying to, to adapt to that and, um, yeah, figure out how to best kind of become a, a useful member of society, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Um, and so, yeah, no, well, it's, this is it's, all it's, pretty it's a, selfless, oh, you know, what you, what the two of you have done and started, right? Like, uh, you know, unless I'm mistaken, it, it you, you don't have many major ad support and you know, uh, you know, money putting being put into this is this is a labor of love. And, I, I think it was for sure, yeah, uh, yeah. definitely. And and I think if if it wasn't for our our passion for for music and stuff, and and just you know, people in general, I, I don't think it could have worked as well as it did, especially in in that uh, um, in the way that it, that it's made. And um, yeah, I'm just really honored to be able to you know, be a part of it and, and be able to, to essentially get to kind of put my own, own stamp and style on it for, for the time that I was involved. And, and it's exciting to see that it's, it is still going and that James is, uh, and, and you Felix are, are, are kind of at the helm here, uh, creating cool content, talking to great artists and, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, you know, the one thing I, you know, and I'm sensing that from you as well, Jaden is like, you know, I got to know James um, from working with him, you know, on music, on art, right? Like, uh, it wasn't even the, the whole time. I, I didn't even actually relate that person from uh, Pacific Sound Radio to the guy in the band. But uh, post-pandemic, what I've noticed is, like, music's come out swinging. Like, there's just so much of it. And I feel like the attitude has changed a little bit as well in Vancouver. It's just not as jaded or, you know, gatekept. Like my my scene was a little bit maybe, you know, darker or something like that. But there's so much support and so much talent and crazy good bands out there right now. It's amazing what happens when you coop up a bunch of 19-year-olds and they finally oh. say, okay, you can party now. But there's <laughs> no, there almost isn't, I don't sense any division in genre. Like there's there's people just doing their thing and there's like they're supporting each other for it. And it's like so, so wonderful. And, you know, I was wondering, and, you know, afterwards, like, you know, I'm no longer in bands myself, but it's like uh, I feel very much like, um, 
like you're just saying, Jaden, like this pr immense privilege to just be a part of it, you know? Yeah, like, I, 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 th I think that goes for, for art creation in general. And I don't know, I, I, the, the process for so many people is, is such a personal thing, you know, whether or not you're writing, you know, cheesy rock songs or, or intimate, you know, singer songwriter stuff or rapping or, or whatever the case is. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that that's something that's, that's really uh, interesting and, and fascinating to, to kind of be a part of or to, to witness uh, especially just that that whole creative process and and having people talk about those things at an intimate level as well, mm -hmm. you know, uh, for a lot of artists and and creatives in general, art is, is is a form of their their therapy and stuff too, and and so to be able to help support that, uh, I, yeah, I think it's just something that that's really uh, really cool to be a part of and and. Uh, uh, even from a, a you know a content creation platform such as such as a podcast too, uh, being able to kind of help support that is 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 really uh, really uh, honoring and, yeah. and awesome. You know, <laughs> amazing. Yeah. I, I think we all have this uh, unique perspective where we're working with bands, but we're not in the band. But you know, you as interviewers would be like the only other people in the room, and me making records. I'm the only other person in the room. It's like. Um, I think that sometimes uh, you are one of the first people to actually accept them at at their word as to what they are. You know, like society beats you down. Your parents might not want you to be in a band, but for me, it's just like, yeah, wonderful. You know, like you're a musician, welcome, and, th and that's it. Welcome, right? Like that's, uh, you know, we all just want to be accepted, and I, and I think that this radio thing is it doesn't have a, an agenda other than to like, just like, here you go, mm -hmm. you know, let, let's, let's talk about your thing. I love it. If you're right? putting out cool shit, I want you on the show. That's yeah. really the mandate. I, well, it's like, you know, a wonderful thing was, is like your idea of cool shit is so broad. It, right? Oh yeah. Like, it, I mean, if it was very, uh, you know, Hey, this is uh, James Olsen's uh, number one hardcore, <laughs> you know, and that's all you had talked about. Like, that's fair enough, but it was a very curious stance that the two of you had. Yeah, well, and I also, <laughs> I have I have some notes about that. I, I appreciate Jaden um, funneling on the volume of singer-songwriters that he did <laughs> because it allowed me to um, appreciate and come up with ways to engage those type of artists, whereas I'm more of a, of a band guy. That, so what was well, the difference? What do you mean you, you had to have a different uh, angle? Because I might take this to my work as well. Mm. You know, like maybe there's some parallels here. Like what did you find? I mean, it's one person and they yes. don't have backup or, or anything like or that. Or another so, voice in the room yeah, to another, chime in about yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what I found was that like, you know, I really had to dig deep when it's like one person and it's just like them with their acoustic guitar and their songs. It's very different mm -hmm. than, uh, you know, again, the band, band dynamic where you can talk to a few different people and they're like everyone's every player in a group's got a different perspective on something. Mm -hmm. I just liked making it hard for them every other week. <laughs> I so, fucking knew yeah. it. <laughs> now I was like, hey, what's going to really, really send them, send them off this oh, week? Well, it makes sense to me now. <laughs> it's just like, you know, so how did you all meet? 
not a question you can ask <laughs> no, like exactly. a singer songwriter, yeah. right? Like come together. Yeah, yeah, like that was my the first question. Me, I was my like, hands I know what I'm and my do. my acoustic yeah. guitar, or my piano, and uh-huh. my beautiful vocals. Well, yeah. you know, thank you for doing that because the 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 times I get to work with solo uh, acts, I I do feel like, oh my god, that's a huge mountain. You mm-hmm. have to climb by yourself, and you know, if you have a bad show, your drummer isn't going to be like. That one's on joking, me or yeah, something. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. joking around with you. You're traveling by yourself. You're writing by yourself. Uh, you don't often typically get to go to a rehearsal space and bump into other musicians. So it's really hard to meet those other musicians. Like the some of the ones I do meet that, um, I'll say it, that aren't in Vancouver already have a really tough time mm-hmm. getting into the scene. Maybe not necessarily because it's gatekept, but it, it's like it's intimidating. You totally. know, or who do you talk to? Or how do you, like, what do you just walk up to somebody and say, I play music? It's like, okay, great, you know? like, Well, especially when you're starting out, too, I think it's it's something that is, is really intimidating, you know? And at, at some point or another, you know, you need to be able to kind of decide on as to whether or not you want to take the leap into, into live, uh, mm-hmm. live performance. And, yeah. and often, I, th- I for most... You know, I, I think it often starts with, you know, going to an open mic or going to, uh, you know, playing at, at a friend's house or in front of friends or, and families at... Uh, that freaks me out even more. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> which, which uh, yeah, in one My way... My parents have been to all of one show. Yeah. yeah in part because, like, they're like, well, you don't want us there. We're your parents. <laughs> but I would very much like your parents there. Next, <laughs> yeah, I can see your parents there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. It's I'm not, not, having it's not a the question. Them, but... I'm not, like, mortified by it or anything. It's more just, like, it'd be, like, the right venue like if i was playing like cat's land or something like that yeah sure come on out yeah that's the right venue yeah as you're saying yeah yeah, bring my folks out to the rickshaw or like some some diy or space (laughs) or something like like that that's exactly where they would want to come to black lab and mosh (laughs) well that's another thing you know through the radio station you're like there's these places that pop up uh you know like avant-garden or you know back Mm -hmm. in the day peanut gallery and um that are doing the same thing that you're doing that I'm doing. It's just usually down to a couple people or three or four people that have an idea that they want to put on shows in their case or a radio show or build a studio or something like that. All just to be a part of it and have some fun. And the more we have of these things, the better the scene. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, obviously. Right. You know? Yeah, totally. I, you know, I, I think there's, there's a lot of room for, for growth from that aspect and especially in, in the city, you know, you, there's, there's, there's a lot of places that have, you know, unfortunately become a victim of, you know, the pandemic and just a lack of support and funding over mm-hmm. the years. So, you know, the more collective, uh, the more collectives and, and communities that can help fill those spaces with, uh, with opportunities for different artists and stuff, I don't know, I often see uh, a number of just DIY venues and and things uh, where, you know, they're bringing in, you know, uh, people to to play and, and, and perform and, and having more of those uh, be a kind of trademark in, in the space, I think is is something that I think we should kind of push Absolutely. for and 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 work to provide support for as well yeah as a musician those are always my favorite places to play 
because everyone who's there gives a shit. Yeah, and you know, as as a person who used to be in bands, those were always like the best sounding shows too, in some weird way. Like if you're playing a house party, I don't know what it is. It just sounds amazing. I think it's just like sounds like your best rehearsal ever. Well, someone's got to put in the effort to set it up. And yeah, you, and you know, and they and, and those people so much set, more connected too. Yeah, right? and those people setting it up know what they want to hear. They want to hear a rock and roll band, and uh, you know with. A, a lot of these sort of more DIY spaces in town right now, it's like when I do go visit them, it's like I actually feel kind of safer than than a lot of like, you know, the other your venues. standard venue. Yeah, because yeah, people st- do protect it and people are like, uh, you know, looking out. That, mm-hmm. That's what I felt like as an older person standing back. I can see people watching out for each other and, you know, trying things too, you know, and the audience is trying things. That's that's the funny thing. We're all there to see the band, but the audiences get like dresses up pretty fucking cool too. Yeah, you know, and has yeah. their own thing and they need a place to express themselves as well. And the, you know, and you know, I, I think it, it really has a special, um, tier or, or space in the industry as a whole. And I don't think you would see, uh, you know, just the, the push for different creativity, um, and different types of music, um, without, uh, a DIY foundation, um, uh, of bands and artists and other creatives being able to, uh, experiment and, uh, do their thing within these, these kind of spaces that maybe aren't necessarily always meant for music, but because of the energy and the, the type of crowd and stuff that they, they bring, uh, you know, they are able to create something special in there, right? Yeah, it just keeps happening every sort of generation and every sort of genre. It just keeps happening. And, you know, when people's like, you know, uh, lament or complain, it's like, no, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come back up again. Yeah, Green Auto is a good example. Green Auto didn't exist examples. pre pandemic and it's now one of my favorite places to go. I love it, that place. Isn't it the friendliest? It is. Thank you. Yeah, people, it is. I was blown away. I saw a great band there, Nick's Division, maybe last summer, and I sort of went there by myself. And um, I just remember all these people. Maybe I just saw, knew some of them from Facebook or whatever it is. But people were coming up and introducing themselves. I've never had that. Experience. Never had that at a show. Yeah, no. It's like contrary to the Vancouver stereotype that we're it wasn't all just unfriendly. happening. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't just happening to me. Like you know, people were really mingling, and that's one of the I, I think. Uh, one of the most um, sort of futuristic scenes because I go there and, uh, you know, the last show was Babe Corner, who were fantastic. And it was like a, a couple, I wound up talking to a couple of people who actually live in the neighborhood that just heard music and came over. Oh, and that's cool. They snuck in, but I told Mike, the owner, he's just like, that's awesome. You know, like these are just local local people who never would go to these shows, but they kind of walked in and bought a couple beers and stood there and watched the show. Nobody has a problem with that, you know? And uh, it's sort of just run logically. Totally, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? It sounds great there too. Yeah, yeah, and it sounds great there and everybody just kind of like, um, cool, yeah, if you, you know, I got you on this and there's no hierarchical thing. Like, It's not like, yeah, you're not, everybody's at that same same level there's no necessarily vip section no, no, no. or there, there isn't uh, there's there's no separation or uh 
you know, between really artist and, and the audience band. too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, like I like the low stage, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, I like that it gets too loud sometimes right and then i just bring my earplugs from there you go but then it's it's like this diy space and you know any any old like uh any old kid any kid can kind of get a a foot in the door and 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 put on and do their thing but then it's also you know one night it's like uh one of the i I saw pink mountain tops there you know which is mountain tops played there oh yeah holy shit it was like uh you know mcbean's birthday or something Damn. like that and it was very intimate there's like 60 people there but it was almost like a black mountain reunion as well and i'm like what yeah i gotta you give know, uh, like this is amazing you know, you know i gotta give mcbean some credit for that uh just like you know still like honoring his roots and and shit just like you know oh he he I, it looked like he was having fun i think he was it was his yeah. birthday and he sounded incredible you know and you know the thing is like uh you know the side note if you think about black mountain it's like they they never stated that they were like huge mega rock stars i mean they're totally comfortable like going to europe and playing an astoria sized place in some places and i think that's awesome you know like yeah so you you'd get uh you know all that's all that stuff going on and uh, so you know now that you've gotten yourself through the pandemic you kept your brain intact I don't, Mostly, know, yeah. I don't know what Jaden did. Yeah, Maybe he I lost mean, it completely. Yeah. I, I have no idea. Yes and no, but uh, yeah, no, it, it was, it was more so, I think a lot of more, uh, a lot, a lot more of a, a introspective journey of, of just kind of figuring out, mm, you know, what to do and, and, you know, what kind of, uh, what kind of life that I, that I want to live in, in all of that kind of thing. And, you know, I, external factors too played played a big role. Like I got pretty sick with uh, with COVID uh, this past year, actually, not even the first time I got it, and oh, so wow. so there was there was a lot of a lot of different things there that kind of played a factor in in perhaps uh, that journey. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I I feel uh, I feel a lot more uh, comfortable these days than I I think I have in the past few you know past few years, especially. I think, yeah, it's like we all need to give each other a break after that experience because we have no precedence for that in our in our generation. Like, I don't have, you know, I'm still sort of like knowing I changed, but not how, if that yeah. makes sense, because I haven't encountered every situation yet since coming totally. back out. And uh, it's like, but that that's allowed me to, um, I think, um, remodel how I view certain things, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's here's an opportunity. It's like, well, how do I feel about music? Like the most important thing in my life, it could could very well be something else uh, for other people. But like, so, you know, you're, uh, I was going to ask like, so after the pandemic, how do you see this thing now? And how do you want to interface with the scene? Do you, you know, and, you know, secondly for Jaden, it's like, is there any idea of like, oh, maybe I do want to, be involved more or or come back in some way i'm not i'm not trying to orchestrate a reunion <laughs> i've got a check here for three thousand dollars there you go <laughs> you know but yeah. so how do you see the the radio show now is it like picking up more steam or well um i've been in this new space uh at the student gymnasium which is lovely give me a sponsorship please uh, <laughs> for almost a year now 
and I am I'm partnered, and I this has taken me longer than I, I thought the, to shout out my current producer, Will Chernoff, Will Chernoff coming Will. home, traveling back from a wedding today, but I got to give uh, Local Will, celebrity. Will a sh- shout out. Yeah, Will's, uh, um, you haven't met Jane, uh, Will, Jane, but you will, and you'll be kind of, uh, you'll laugh a bit when you meet him because he is also a uh, nerdy music guy oh, who great. plays bass. But the only the differentiation is he's in the jazz scene where it's they look, okay. they look exactly, exactly alike. I remember he, like so, at the studio so, looking at a picture of the two of them, and it's just like, uh, yeah, okay. He, he so sent, you play the right notes, and he plays the wrong notes. Is what you're saying, right? <laughs> he sent me a photo uh, where he had grown out a bit of a beard over Christmas to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! And I was just like, dude, are you trying to replace me? This is weird. That's so funny. I love you, James. But <laughs> but yeah, so. Um, with Will helping out, he's been fantastic. Uh, being part of his uh, podcast network as well has been has been great. What I am really keen on doing is mixing up the variety of content that is available. Uh, I was talking to Felix a little bit about this um, before we started taping that I'm really keen to do more video content, even like short form where I do like flash interviews with bands as they get off the stage. There might be some opportunity that Felix and I were talking about about interviewing bands before they take the stage. Um, I'd love even to, at the studio. I thought would studio, be yeah. uh, mm-hmm. you know a great environment. Like we have, sorry to interrupt, but we have all these opportunities to make the same content that we see from KXP, um, KXP, or you know what bands, bigger bands might do for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, you passively promoting all those other people behind the scenes that are doing things right like i mean there's so many studios in vancouver you know and they're all doing like amazing things and they all have their own vibe and they should you know people should know or they should get some shine as well you know and uh just because sometimes that's what you need to keep going yeah and you know like just somebody taking an interest and that's kind of free and I yeah, even except thought, for all the work. I hadn't even thought about that, Felix. But yeah, I mean, that to me is like where I want to take the show in terms of this like KEXP House of Strombo sort of thing where I'm interviewing the guests and they're also putting on like these awesome like performances in a studio where we've got like professional recording going on. And yeah, that's that's the um, the direction I'd I'd like to take the show. I'll still be doing this, but I'd like to kind of diversify it a bit and it's funny you mentioned going to other studios because i think that'd be an opportunity to kind of pick up from a project that yeah. Jaden and i tried to start in terms of video content we only ever got one installment done but we talked to uh andy and dan at park sound studios in north van where we yeah. interviewed them in their studio which was really cool that video has mm-hmm. actually turned out really great and i think the only other one that we tried to do we tried to talk to Braden rang rangno and Kai Falk Nilsson at um, Blue Light, but neither of those videos came together. But it kind of gave me an idea, Felix, it'd be cool to kind of do like a circuit where we go to other studios. Well, like, hey, you, you know, know, that as a... And have a, have a metal band in uh, Rain City Recorders, for example. Yeah, like as an audio guy, like, you know, there's a lot of stuff I watch on YouTube that is just people like yourself. Or like, uh, you know, I noticed a lot of older producers going to YouTube now because, I mean, that 90s money isn't there. And plus they understand that they have a lot of knowledge that they should try to get out there and be entertaining at the same time. But there is definitely like a world that wants to see that sort of stuff, you know, but we don't have that in Canada or even like, you know, let alone Vancouver. Again, House of Strombo is the only Canadian example I can think of. 
Yeah, exactly, and right? And Strombo. He's like, an, he's like <laughs> the guy in Canada. Yeah, he's the guy. And it's very actually hard to, uh, in this day and age of like popular over good, you know, like we listen to music because it's popular, done, you know, done by a popular person rather than, you know, necessarily a, a talented person. It's, it's really important to have, uh, you call them music nerds, but people who can speak intelligently about music you know, without being pedantic or, you know, too uh, nose in the air about anything to interview the people that are making music because, you know, you know, they're not that serious, right? It's, a, like, it's an important ecosystem for sure. Uh, and you to know, show the ecosystem too. Yeah, how totally. diverse it is. And, you know. uh, absolutely, yeah. I, I think the uh, it's an important aspect and just in the sense that everything is so content focus these days and mm-hmm. so it's not enough just to put out uh one piece of of material anymore you know you need to have something um essentially you need to have something that is is let me collect my thoughts here let me think about what i'm trying to say exactly you have to have something that that spans across uh multiple platforms for one and and multiple multiple modes in the sense that you know an instagram reel is not just shouldn't just be a reposted tiktok mm-hmm. uh you know a tiktok shouldn't be exactly the same as perhaps you know a youtube video or a you know or a little podcast preview they they should all ha- be you know they should all be uh more or less diverse enough to be able to capture users based off of those different platforms and and i think a lot of that does have to be implemented still in the music industry mm, yeah and that's I, why we only see a lot of content from very popular artists yeah um, and more of the younger ones maybe a lot um or ones that perhaps um don't maybe have uh, as much experience or aren't willing to take that leap um tend to to kind of miss out on it's something at the studio dealing with these bands that you know i was having um conversation with michael croucher who's uh one of the other producers at the studio that you know some of the best work you do and it's like the band doesn't have any idea like how to Mm. get it across or or they're not willing to as you're suggesting uh sort of make that first leap of saying okay this is the way it is now and and it's a if you admit that then and nobody's thinking like uh nobody's thinking it's like oh you sell out or you're nobody's thinking that anymore like that's a huge tool that you have to do these things as long as the in my mind i wanted to also add that the content isn't cringy that it's actually real exactly you know because people can see through that as well you know if it's a puff piece or it's vapid or whatever no you want some like real stuff that's real funny or really intriguing or really cool yeah authentic authentic, right that's the the angle i want to take with uh dabbling into video content especially short short form stuff i want to do stuff that like makes sense to the show that i want to put out and i'm happy with not you know trend chasing or just just cringe ass tiktok shit i can't yeah, wait yeah, to well, see that, you do that, a tiktok it. dance right before you interview a band on stage. <laughs> I, I do a parody one where i'd like i'd crash into something or pretend i twisted my leg or something that's, that's the sort also, of dance you'd see you know that's not a throwback. I think that's sort of the future. People want that now, especially when 
we are embedded in this, you know, digital world and you have to do media through that portal. But, you know, the only salve or the salvation is like, just make it really good. (laughs) You know, like spend your time on it or, you know, have the integrity and then then you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, it's a real shame that 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 is kind of what we've we've come to, because I think you know, for, for an artist or for any, uh, company or, or, or business, it's just, it's hard enough running it just Mm -hmm. logistically, uh, not to mention setting aside the time, for example, for artists to write that song and, and do that. But now they don't even have to do that. They also need to become a, a social media and content expert yeah, like, to, to be able to promote their stuff and do everything up until the point that they, you know, perhaps get an opportunity to get signed or get some sort of support, well, um, which in itself is, is another hurdle. Well, it's uh, also right? maybe not even necessary now to have a record, you know, like a, a career of music to sign to a label but you know to add to you know your thought there that like i you know i'm I'm friends with somebody who's a keyboard in a bigger canadian band and she's telling me that you know when you know the when we hang out it's like yeah i gotta get going it's like what are you doing it's like i have to come up with like two ideas this this week of for my own personal uh like Instagram. content generation and yeah. then the band has to do another one or two things so you got like five people doing their own thing that ties back in and it's just like yeah that's where you most of the time it's like you know she's like i don't i'm not a video creator but i've got to make it personable and, mm-hmm. and, and do it at home yeah. and let the audience in and it's like well that sort of stuff is like i don't remember the audience really asking to be let in that way ever before i think that's just where it's naturally trended with these new platforms and where so much information and so much time gets spent uh just more or less i i I really kind of believe uh and seeing it more than ever that even as artists you you almost need to see yourself as more of a, a content and and brand ambassador (laughs) Uh, even if it's of yourself or or the definition that's what we've always been yeah but now that uh, these uh, terms are kind of icky yeah <laughs> that's all a, it a is a band yeah. is a brand with a silent r yeah, yeah. exactly and right you r. did you just make that up uh, i've i've said variations of that before oh, that you should write that down i should yeah, so yeah uh, that that that's really the um the interesting kind of juxtaposition i think a lot of artists have to cope with if they're willing to to if they're willing to take that next step into really making a serious go mm-hmm. at, at uh, you know making it their career and there are of course so many other jobs though in the industry too which I think is 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 something a lot of people don't think of when it comes to music um, but oh absolutely yeah you know that that's the one thing it's like oh I'm either in a band or I'm not and you know we're talking about this earlier. And it's just like, no, you don't have to leave the music industry. There's just like a lot of other things you can do. Like every other job, though, is in support of the artist. Sure. Yeah. Right. Totally. And as long as you understand that, then, you you know, it's great. You know, um, so like how is the, you know, post pandemic, like how is this, uh, how is Pacific Sound Radio changed? How is it, you know, going to serve better? Like what kind of ideas you have? We did, we touched on a few, which is you want more video content and uh, sort of more long format interviews with bands. Because, you know, like, is that, was that something? You yeah, mentioned? well, kind of like the, the KEXP audio yeah. tree um, 
House of Strombo sort of thing where I'd love to do more video interviews where it's like, yeah, they play a play a couple songs, play a couple songs, talk to them, play a couple it's songs. It's something that I've been wanting mm-hmm. to see. And it's, it was something that I was like, uh, near the end of the pandemic, I was, you know, with a friend, we actually, or they actually, we got an idea together and tried to sell something similar to like Netflix or something like that, where it'd be episodic. But I mean, we didn't have a very good idea, but yes, that I would love to see something like that. It'd also be a perfect spinoff from the live stream shows that I did during the pandemic as well, where I literally just like they had, it was the format was a little bit more, it was a bit different where I'd interview, I think for the first one I interviewed them, then they played their set. Um, and then I think with the other one, it was the other way around. But I'd love to do one that's a little bit more of that KEXP model where you play a couple songs, talk to them, play a couple songs. It's something I used to really enjoy seeing was like, um, yeah, like a band playing. And then you walk over and then there's like a real sort of decavit sort of real interview. You know, like, I'm also open to that as well. You know, treat, I love her in suits. Yeah, like I want to treat the band's. You know, I don't care if you're like, uh, you work, you know, I care where you work, if we're friends or not. But when you walk into the studio, it's like, I'm taking your word for it. You're a rock star. You mm-hmm. know, you're a rock and roller. And uh, places for people, which I think is their true self. You know, it's like, yeah, okay. You know, as much as I, you know, you're pizza guy. But, uh, you know, to me, you're fucking Eddie Van Halen or whoever, right? Right. Like, and uh, more opportunities for people to be there. I think uh, it's certainly, I mean, because I'm back in like a good rhythm. And again, I've been in the same space for a while now. I think I'm already looking at like, okay, what's new? What else can I be doing beyond just the current flow of the show, which is exciting. I think also um, I have some other opportunities that are slowing down soon. So I'll have a bit more time on, on my end to focus on the show as well. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can understand that. And, you know, in your spiritual journey through COVID, mm-hmm. Jaden, uh, w- where you've been landing afterwards now, like, how, where do you yeah. find yourself or your relationship with music? Is there anything different or? Yeah, I, I, I think, uh, if anything, music is still super important to me. Uh, you know, it, it's something that that's always been been a passion of mine i think now i find that i'm approaching it from from other sides though mm-hmm. which, which is really a, a, a fun adventure in itself so you know I, when i started it was you know being a musician and being in bands and and thinking of of touring and playing shows and all that kinds of things but that then went towards recording and producing and, and working right with artists on. in that way. And then, then that transitioned into like podcasts and, and uh, working, you know, with artists in, in a more community kind of networking sense to the point where, yeah, I was, I was working at uh, music BC for a while uh, before, uh, before the pandemic uh, and, and a little bit during it as well. Uh, and, and kind of approaching it from that, that angle, uh, which was uh, once again just another interesting perspective to to kind of take it's a in. Very important uh, program in BC. Yeah, and, and one that I think is is still so important for for artists and and creatives in general to to really take advantage of and and you know. Uh, this kinds of thing, you know, costs so much money to do, right? Touring, recording, et cetera. Uh, and there's also just limited opportunities to get your foot in the door. And, and that's really an ideal 
organization where you can start to do that. And same with, with Creative BC as well. Uh, but from there, you know, as I, I mentioned earlier, like I had kind of, I had burnt out a little bit, I think, you know, partially I think was just the pandemic uh, and just being on the go for like a really hard year of, of just, you know, week to week, you know, we were working full time, but we were also, you know, dedicating so many hours to booking bands, organizing interviews, organizing shows every couple weeks after that, that I think I just really needed to, to take some time to, to step away from things for a little oh, bit and kind of kind of go yeah. into my shell. I, I think uh, that's what happened, uh, you know, for me personally in the, during the pandemic as well was just like, Oh, wow. You know, I saw it as just like uh, this uh, forced shut down. You know, like I, I could just finally after like, you know, 14, 15 years of just like, oh, go, 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 go. Like totally. totally. And I didn't realize how uh, tired I was. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, uh, you, know, you know, it is my job. It's how I earn my living. But, you know, I know I can't just interface it in that way. Because mm -hmm. after all, it's art and it's music, right? Totally. You know, like I had to somehow, you know, find a new way to approach it and, uh, you know, um, so, you know, I'm always curious as to, you know, how other creatives have seen themselves afterwards because it's like, you, you can't go back. Yeah. I, I think it, for, for me personally, a lot of my, um, I don't know if it, if it's just the way that I'm wired, I find I always want to try something, something new, or mm -hmm. I always want to kind of, you know, once something wraps up, I'm, I'm bound to, I, I want to find something that's, that's a little bit different. That's, that's not, you know, just, just doing the same thing over. Uh, and so from, from Music BC, uh, after that, I was able to uh, get a position uh, working in acoustics and doing prime, uh, working for a company called Prime Acoustic I'm here. Very, which makes I prime, know Prime Acoustic. Yeah. yeah which awesome. makes acoustic panels for, uh, for studios and commercial stuff as well. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, from that now, I, I found myself in a much kind of broader perspective when it comes to, you know, I'm not solely focusing on music. I'm actually more focusing on commercial spaces, which is kind of funny. But I'm still within that that sound realm uh, of working with well, that's working huge, with sound an environment and yeah, uh, that actually you can talk to people in. Yeah, sense. exactly. And and so it, it's once again kind of brought that other perspective that I. Uh, I kind of appreciate really about just this this in this industry in general in the sense that there are so many different ways that you can kind of be a part of it in you know some are are perhaps more in the mix of things than others uh but with that and and I think a lot of uh a lot of my work that I've done there has been um amplified through just our experiences no of Sorry. Uh, no pun intended. Yeah. Um that <laughs> yeah, they, they've uh they've basically uh my my experiences from from my past positions and and just working at the podcast stuff has kind of allowed me to really have a lot of creative flow there uh in in a different way that I never really thought possible which uh or or hadn't thought a, was possible prior. Uh, and so a lot of, of what I'm doing now is not only just, you know, uh, supporting like acoustic solutions and, and things like that and, and, uh, you know, making spaces a little bit easier to, we'll talk to about have that a later, conversation cause, in. Cause in building my studio, I, you know, I read, 
I'm, yeah. I'm no expert, but uh, you know, uh, there's some uh, there's some math that I had to learn and and, and things yeah. like that, and uh, just some basic principles. It's a very interesting it, it's, field. It's really funny. I went into music and and producing and recording because I thought there wasn't supposed to be any math or numbers. And then it turns out there's a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, and yeah, I don't know where I thought that you could just make (laughs) sounds sound good, but, uh, I guess that's not the way it works when it comes to everything from scales. Cause all reality is pure math, man. Yeah. Yeah, You guys see the the beauty in, you know, you see God. Do you listen to tool bro? (laughs) (laughs) But it, it, it is true. Like, it is amazing, you know, um, how much of it that we can measure is amazing to oh, me. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And uh, and also that we have this, we think we have this understanding, but sometimes it just doesn't work. Yeah, there's, there's know, always like, weird you can things. You put in millions into a room and try to get a, an effect, and it's just like, uh, you didn't quite get there. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's uh, that. that's what I actually really love and, and miss about actually recording bands and artists. Uh, at least from uh, my kind of short experience with that, uh, especially when I was in school and everything like that too, uh, was just finding like the the worst sounding guitars and the worst sounding drums. But then somehow when you mixed it all together, it actually created something really mm-hmm. nice. Uh, and you would try to also do the opposite of that too, where you would you know, you would have just the best sounding guitars and, you know, the best sounding drums. But then when when it came to mixing that project um, and pushing those faders up, it was really hard to get, there's too many things were, were interrupting each other. And you had to be, and I'm sure you probably know this oh, experience yeah, like, pretty well, yeah, you know, absolutely. you have to start to filter out some of these these aspects so that there's room for everything and not everything is stands out as an amazing well that's a really you know good point and i think it brings us you know back into this thing that you two started is that you know when people wait for perfect conditions nothing ever gets done and you know i really appreciate that uh i appreciate people like what i think of myself where it's just like oh i just got a four track cassette let's go for it and those limitations and everything really allow your creativity to really speak allows you to move fast like i love how we're doing this right now Mm -hmm. you don't need much more than that little zoom zoom recorder and how the two of you in surrey or wherever it was that you're living it's just like yeah let's do this like it's not like you had a studio or microphones even or anything like that maybe at that point you're just like no let's do it what do we need yeah yeah it it, it, it was bare minimum and then move forward it was for stay light, you know. Very much a uh, yeah. What what kind of resources can we tap here, and and what are what are the bare essentials? And then it wasn't yeah. It really wasn't until we had, you know, some semblance of of uh, material, then we were able to kind of take that next step. Well, you have so much more, like uh, you know, now as opposed to when you started. There's been a huge sort of uh, technical, you know, it's been seven years. You know, there's mm-hmm. things available for you now that ups the the quality of your broadcast i mean even actually speaking on that uh one of the uh 
the mind-boggling things, at least from just a nerdy technical point of view, was literally using an H6 or an H5 Zoom field recorder mm-hmm. uh, and just plugging in a few uh, few inputs to to record our entire Snug series. Like a lot of that stuff is is literally just. Uh, I think the first one we did was literally just field mics and it wasn't that's actually so awesome. direct Sometimes into that's anything. That's the most exciting thing. Yeah. You know. um, and so that that's uh, th- those those types of, of challenges and even like things like what we were talking about earlier with the snug concerts, uh, with the power going out when um, uh, Sid the Whale played, for example, um, that, that Save on Meats show. Um, and just having it happen strangely at like the one time they do like the, one of their most intimate songs. Oh yeah. I remember that. Yeah. (laughs) And they just basically stood up on some tables and, and some, uh, some speakers and, and, and more or less, uh, (laughs) had to play completely dead, uh, with like a ukulele and, and their vocals. And it sounded amazing. And it was just one of those like really cool moments. I always think, you know, at a show it's like, it's uh, nobody cares about the mistake, but the recovery can be so amazingly entertaining. I, I think that really, right? and it's an opportunity to, you know, improvise and uh, absolutely. I, I, I think that really shows pure, like authentic showmanship when, mm-hmm. when those things go wrong. I really like, um, I can't remember what, what interview it was, but uh, I really like Jack White's um, kind of, uh, opinion on choosing really bad guitars to play or really troublesome guitars to play where he has to fight uh fight it all night long and make it more of a you know a not perfect experience on purpose right perfect is the enemy of good Mm -hmm. and you know again it's just sort of you know i really appreciate that uh the two of you just didn't even not that it was ever bad but you didn't worry about that you know, you just went ahead and it's just sort of like, I like bands. I want to ask them this, you know, I want to, I want to meet bands. I will know? admit there's some older episodes that I would, uh, haven't listened back to out of fear of embarrassment, which is <laughs> my own cringe, but that's just, uh, an, a snapshot of, uh, where I was as a host as opposed to where I am now. Well, if you don't put it down, you can't make it better. It's all exactly. part of the journey, right? And yeah, it is. Part of the Absolutely. Process. And there's a lot of humor there. Totally, totally. You know, and it like it should be all mixed up. I think we've all gotten a very sort of like serious about our music and chin stroking and it's it's just like taking some of the joy out of it, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Right? Like uh, you know, hanging out with James, you know, like the guys, you know, I like how irreverent he is and, and you know, he's and the uh the passion. Like even you know, the an honest passion about music and a very measured, uh fair uh, critique of any band or record, and I and I can sense that uh, from how you're speaking about your new endeavors here, Jaden, and and all these new things, you know, and I, and I think that there's a lot of other people like you out there that want to do things as well. But yeah. like, how do we find them, you know, and let them know, yeah, you yeah. know, to start. It's yeah. all about the next chapter, really. Yeah. All about the next chapter, yeah, totally. So, is there any other? thing in vancouver that's doing this is well, there any competition quote unquote well um i wouldn't call it competition right yeah. uh, most our, most of the time it was community partners our, yeah, our, yeah well yeah our, really our producer uh uh will well, actually he's got a bunch of them well yeah um if i'm on his network but he actually pointed out that this is the longest running vancouver congratulations music yeah there you go 150 wow. there we go 
I will say, and, and I love this though, in terms of like other stuff I've seen, I've seen other stuff pop up on Instagram. That's like supporting the, supporting the scene. Like there's this week in van, there's some other like Instagram stuff. That's just like going, Hey, you should check out shows. It's very mm-hmm. show focused. Um, I know, and this is, uh, this was very much a pandemic thing, but I know justice McClellan from blue Jay had his own Vancouver music podcast for a little bit, but I think that was a, it seems like it was a pandemic project because now he's just back to doing his thing with recording and his band and stuff like that. So I had competition for a little bit, but I think I'm still the only one really. Yeah. Like how do people find out about these podcasts other than word of mouth? Like, uh, you know, I'm wondering for myself. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, the show is currently on all major platforms, of course. Being Spotify and all Spotify, that Apple. Apple um, that's great. Deezer, maybe? The best podcasting platform. <laughs> yeah, Deezer, the most widely used. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, I mean, again, there's uh, it's kind of a chicken and egg thing. I'm promoting the show on my own channel, but unless you've heard of my channel, you're not <laughs> jumping onto it. But... Mm. That's where, uh, yeah, that's where exploring new avenues to promote the show with video content really steps in. It's like trying to complement the show and also grow the audience. Yeah, I think people should uh, see your face. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's it's a friendly face, right? I'm not Nardwar, but I need to be out there more like Nardwar. Yeah, like there's a a quality, like, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's fun to sit across from you. You just have to hire a PI to investigate all of your interviewees beforehand and a time machine to go into their past, grab something that they, uh, they listened to when they were like three months old and give that to them. And then you're, you're set, right? (laughs) Yeah. But if I stole all the secrets from Nardwar, he'd come after me. That's true. He probably, I don't even think you could do it if you tried. Like, I mean, that guy's pretty, like the energy is very, (laughs) oh yeah. He has his own one of a kind. yeah. 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 Very one of the kind. I mean, he interviewed me one time and it was shocking. Just, just what he what uncovered he found out about yeah, you, like yeah. you know, like uh, I I don't know how it's very strange. I I feel like you need to uh, the police need to hire him for like uh, you know when there's I found the Zodiac killer <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where's Ted like, Cruz? What are you doing, man? Like yeah. you use your powers for good. Yeah, he could. He is a modern day like almost Sherlock Holmes like journalist, and I think. Uh, a lot more crimes would be solved if he was uh, like if he was in that uh, that industry. It was nothing salacious, of course, because I was like a, a young kid in Richmond. Like you know, it was really hard to do anything. To but some of the things he found out, like were just he he's so talented. Yeah, you know, like they're mundane. It's like you talk like, to my what? parents, what the uh, hell? <laughs> hey, you know, my dad would never talk to you. You know, like so, I, I don't I don't get it. Wow. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to that uh, video aspect of it. And, you know, um, you know, when you sit around with interesting people, um, which I was lucky enough to today, you, you, ideas stop, start popping up, right? I, you know, I even like as you know, totally. for, for, for me anyways, you know, and, uh, you know, trying to keep the conversation about Pacific Sound Radio, but then... You know, I guess that's the that's a, a a prime example of what happens, right? And what this radio show is trying to do is just like bring people together and then let it pop off, let ideas happen from that, right? And uh, put people into a room. I, I and think see that's what happens, right? That's the nice thing about uh, just having these casual conversations too. Is 
is just being able to yeah generate ideas like you said and and it, it, I have to say it's tremendously exciting to see what you're you're doing with with the show and I I'm really excited for both of you guys and and Will as well to see how much more that this can grow and stuff. So you're literally making the world sound better. Oh. Sh- <laughs> yeah, but so thanks, that's just thank from you, Jaden, from on behalf of the uh, civilization and people yeah. go to malls and conference spaces. Thank you. Oh well, thank you guys. I'll wrap this up a bit though. Okay, I'll take the take put my host hat back on for a brief second. Want to get uh, an answer from each of you guys? Favorite local um, release or band that you're really digging over the past couple months or this year so far? Uh, no, if it's just this year, I'll, I'll do two maybe that I just, one of them that I just sort of like uh, uh, had the opportunity to hear recently, which is like um, Hillsboro from, I don't know if that's local, that's Victoria. I think they're from Victoria. Uh, that counts. Yeah. Hillsboro and then uh, Loans. Oh, Loans. Yeah. I love oh, he's that great. band yeah. and that record. I think they record themselves or. His um, solo stuff's really good too. AC Smith. Uh, he, you know, he it might be, it's not like, he's a friend, but he's, he's also like, the AB guy Smith? just blows my mind, yeah, right? No, he's, you know, he's great. And, uh, he was in a, in a band with my other buddy, Kyle Schick, who, you know, I think is doing the, uh, is produced the next hollow twin record, which is like, uh, Oh yeah. And he's involved in that too. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, lucky enough to call those guys friends and Kyle's works out of our studio and, but yeah, loans. Loans. One of the best live bands. Yeah. Like that is just, well, yeah, you know, that's kind of what a band. He's a great drummer too because he yeah, drums he's in a Dead Soft. He's oh, just, yeah, he's, he's everywhere. He's like playing in Dead Soft yeah. and he's going on tour soon. And, you know, that that's the wonderful thing, you know, after doing it uh, for a while and I guess it doesn't matter how long you're doing it, but it's like, I get to say things like, oh yeah, you know, like A.D. Smith and he's like, uh, plays in Hollow Twin, but he's also in playing drums in Dead Soft and, and I have a friend in Calgary who's in this band called Poltergeist who's freaking out because he gets to open up for Dead Soft, <laughs> you know, you know, and there and then we're talking about Psychic Alliance. Like it's all it's all connected. It's, it's pretty all cool. connected yeah. and it's like mycelium and it's it's freaking awesome. And then, you know, from uh at my age and and the people that I get to work with, which are very young to boom, like older than me that are like uh, you know, Vancouver's legends like pointed sticks or you know some other legends to me anyways or you know uh theremin like stephen ham the theremin man he was in like um what's that band slow which was a huge influence on me when i was a kid you know so very much like uh i i'm not i'm so lucky to be here and do what i do because there's none of us can do this alone Right. And the more of us doing it, you know, the, all these people who love music, but have other talents, you know, that, that's great. Go start your podcast or like be a manager mm-hmm. or go help somebody write, you know, a grant, please help somebody write yeah, a grant. Totally. Help right? me. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, uh, that's how we all stay involved in music. And, and especially now, I think it's a great time because people talk about the death of the music industry. They're talking about that music industry. That thing. Yeah, that thing, not what we're doing. Because I mm-hmm. feel like it's really happening right now. You know, and people are brave and doing awesome things and expanding their podcasts and doing weirder music. There's a lot to be excited about, I think. Yeah, yeah and I think that stuff is like, 
good good vibes out into the world in this shitty time. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jaden? Uh, there's there's a few uh, new releases that come to mind. Ponytails for one. Um, I've been meaning to listen to that. I yeah. got that downloaded on my phone, but I haven't listened to it yet. He was sending me that stuff like while he was writing it. Like, <laughs> oh, nice. He's, he's an awesome dude. Yeah. Very yeah. interesting story too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I think uh just the uh that band as a whole uh is 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 excellent um and, and really great songwriters. Uh, Haley Blay. I we t- we mentioned it a little bit earlier, but I think her new releases and stuff uh really really good. Uh, I am the living is is continuing to release really cool stuff. Um. Yeah, there, there, there's there are a few here. I was looking on on my uh, on my Spotify to be honest, uh, just at some uh, some of the the local acts in my in my re- release radar. So it's like just so much of it, you <laughs> yeah. know. And it's like Hollow Twin, like uh, Hollow Twin. and then like I'm thinking about yeah. like you know I like the really kind of like noisier, you know, darker stuff too. And and you go to Bullet Farm and there's like uh, you know Macaulay Culkin cover band. Mm-hmm. Right, who's just what um, a charismatic band, mm-hmm. you know that that's one that um, kind of uh, really blew me away. And you know, it's just like on any given night, something crazy is going to happen, and somebody's wild idea or um, or what was that? Yeah. Anyways, sorry, taking your time. No, uh, no, that's uh, <laughs> all. Uh, all good points. Yeah, no, I I think uh, Dassey was the other one, or mm, yep. uh, yeah, yeah, was, was the EP. other one uh, that that comes to mind. So yeah, no, it, it's really exciting to see these these artists that, uh, you know, I think that when we were doing our thing at, at Save on Radio and stuff, they were they were kind of just starting to ramp up or. Um, you know, we're, we're building on it and just to see the progression of that kind of grow, uh, is really exciting. And, and it's, it's really cool just to see them, you know, continually release new stuff that's interesting and different and, uh, new and, and all just really well written too. I think a mm-hmm. lot of these artists that are finding success here, uh, and that are getting more attention, you know, nationally and internationally, have really found uh, a great formula, or they've kind of come into their own as artists and and have developed some really authentic music. So they found new avenues. Yeah, I'm really yeah. excited about that, and to to basically continue seeing them grow. Um, I I mean, someone that comes to mind too is is like Tion Gibbs, for example, mm-hmm. who. Uh, you know, I feel uh like he's really grown as an artist and and it's, it's incredible to see what he's been able to put together and and how hard Watch he's worked people to get figure it. it out yeah exactly you know, that, it like figuring out that puzzle because obviously they've all got something not to mention right? just having you know people of industry import start to notice too i think that's a really special thing where you know you can where we've had somebody on the show um, and they've been really great and amazing and they've performed and they've done, you know, such great stuff. Um, and you hear about the work that they've put in and then to basically more or less see it uh, come to fruition and have, you know, festival bookers and stuff start to reach out and to see their names on bills constantly uh, at bigger and bigger venues is, is really cool. So, yeah, I'm really excited for all those artists uh, and uh, yeah, many new ones as well. 
All right. Yeah. How's uh, that feeling good for you guys? We'll call uh, it that. Great. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. thank you again, Felix, for oh, being. Thanks for having me. Host on this and it's like a lot of fun. Jane, just great thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You happy well to have you back, Jane. This has yeah. been really special. I mean, yeah. No. This is this has been really great and enjoyable. So thank you for 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 inviting me, and it's uh, such an honor to be a part of what you guys are doing. So thank you. 